right? Like that's how you <laughs> deal with people like Tucker Carlson. You'd be like, you're an idiot. You're not doing this. Yeah. You're like, you're not going to bring down this entire function of this town because of that. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, I mean, yeah, we're the pitchforks for Tucker. Pitchforks against Tucker. <laughs> yeah. Are we down though to go to, to, to most favorite or to favorite? I'm ready. Most favorite? I, uh, well, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll start with this. I don't really listen to Tucker Carlson, so yeah, fuck that guy. What up, world? Welcome back to episode 163 of the Amer Podcast. What's up, everybody? Wow. How's it going? Good evening. Good, good evening good. you know wednesday rocking and rolling feeling good in yeah. america in 2022 happy hump day uh, talk to kodiak black about that shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> got it in got it in that's right today is january 12th wednesday 2022 and uh we're recording this at 6 42 p.m we've got the original crew in the house this evening tonight with us we're gonna start in the Denver metro area this evening. Mr. John Anderson, how are you, sir? I'm good. Are you wearing two sets of headphones? Yeah, I have one microphone here yeah, for I, you have like the recording. There's like and then of, these are my headphones for you guys. There's a lot of style going on, right? Like you have you have like very serious producer vibes right now. Um, I think the correct term is cranium accessories. Yeah, sure. I was going to say Borg like <laughs> If you watch Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm very dialed in right now. That is correct. That is correct. Also with us this evening, Mr. John Kelly. Yeah. How are you this evening, sir? Doing well. Great to be back. Uh, hey, guys. Quick roundtable. 2021, great or greatest year? Ooh. Greatest. 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 Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Can't contest that one. And also with us, our West Coast correspondent, Tyler Grillo. How are you this evening, sir? Good evening, good evening. I'm doing all right. I um, sprained my wrist that I broke five years ago the other day. Um, so by the other day, I mean yesterday. Um, so I'm, but I'm, 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 I'm grateful. Yeah, I, I, I got in a bike accident five years ago and broke my wrist. And then I got in a bike accident again yesterday and sprained my wrist. It's almost like maybe I should like wear some protective gear on my arms while biking. I don't know. Um, but I'm very grateful for health insurance and uh, for the fact that it's not broken and it's only a couple of weeks instead of like a longer time. Dude, isn't it so funny that they teach you like when you're five, your parents are like, you should really wear all that stuff. You should wear like knee pads and like, hey, right. like wrist pads. Yeah. You can put your helmet on and then you're like, nah, I'm not wearing anything. And then you're like at 25, you're like, maybe I'll wear a helmet. Now 30, yeah. you're like, maybe I'll start wearing hands again. And then, you know, by 40, we're all, we'll be padded up walking down the street. Yeah, especially if COVID's still happening, and just be I'm like, say, bubble me oh. up. I'm ready. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> bubble boy. Try to be like things. the kid in the little giants just walking down the street in the bubble wrap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just want to run into people with those bubble things. <laughs> Some of us, it takes 30 years to learn not to leave the house without protection. Some of us, it takes 40 years. <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about this evening. Oh, and by the way, I'm your host, Blake Mannion. Oh, well, I don't. Are you? Are you Balake? Uh, what do you got? Balake Cabernet this evening. <laughs> Balake Cabernet. There it is. There it is. We are here to reflect on 2021 as a year, which we have been doing 
So to continue on with the tradition, we are going to play our least favorite, most favorite, underrated, overrated, not in that order, game. And I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we usually enjoy it. So who wants to kick it off? How do we, should we flip a coin? Alphabetical order, nose goes. Oh, Kelly. Jack Kelly goes first. Ooh, okay. It is a visual medium, yeah. you guys. So yes. Yes. So no one else can see the nose goes, but trust us, Kelly lost. <laughs> and uh, it's also really great when you're recording over Zoom with each other, and it's like you have lag and stuff, and you can't figure out what's going on. But I will gladly accept <laughs> to go first. Um, yeah. it all dep- right. the, the, the competition is favored to those who pay the most for their internet. Yeah. <laughs> you watch that crypto commercial, for- Fortune Favors the Bold, I guess, if you're Matt Damon right. on a spaceship. Um, all right. So my overrated democratic election promises. That's what Ooh. I'm going to say were overrated because they basically passed nothing in the entire yep. year. Um, every every major promise that they had on the campaign trail, they could not get over the line in 2021. So yeah. that includes a voting rights act. Uh, it includes build back better. Um, it includes Biden's promise to cancel all student debt rather than just delaying it. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be my overrated. I, uh, I actually have a very similar one. Um, I have politics as usual. Uh, which yeah, is, um, <laughs> I don't think that many Democrats have realized the moment we're in and the um, decisive action it requires. And this is something we've been talking about through the podcast um, the last year or so. But uh, I am disappointed in the uh, list of priorities as they've been set out from the Democratic leadership. And then I have been disappointed at the lack of what I have perceived as urgency along, among uh, for things like voting rights. Um, it seems like we're picking up on that, but we have, oh boy, lost a whole year. And that's pretty fucking disappointing. So Ooh, um, it's going to be its primary season in like three months. Basically. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So, um, <laughs> You know, I, right. I, I, I think that Biden went into this being like, I'm just going to warm over the Republicans with some spending bills. And it's like, dude, this is in 1985. You're not Ronald Reagan. And uh, Mitch McConnell is not Tip O'Neill. They're not playing the same game. And so yeah. what they did is they wasted a year of everybody's time on purpose. Yeah. And that's incredibly frustrating because that was pretty obvious. Cause I don't know if you lived through the eight years of the Obama administration, <laughs> president Biden, but uh, I was, like, was he there? Maybe I not all there. Might've been there. <laughs> um, that was, that was something that they uh, displayed pretty consistently uh, to great effect. And so I was hoping that we would update our, our strategic calculus, but I don't, think that we did and so um politics as usual incredibly overrated in a moment of democratic crisis Mm, good one good one yeah yeah um mine is i'm gonna go a little steer away from the politics and into covid land although unfortunately that is also very political um and uh i i this one i like i'm like oof, it's gotta be careful because i want to be careful but i will you know i will give context my overrated is like closures slash lockdowns, and here's why. The reason I say they're overrated, not that there's not a general reason to have a good rate, a somewhat rating, but I think they're overrated this year because coming into the second year of the pandemic, 
I think that the mental health impacts, um, the impacts that it's had on um, uh, school teachers, um, kids, um, it has just been really devastating. And like, listen, in my opinion, these are really hard decisions, right? Like, it's not like the closures and lockdowns don't help with the stopping the spread. But at the same time, the um, other uh, side effects of that on people and the population at large and on the economy um, all of those things, I just feel like we're starting to, in the second year of this, of these things continuing, um, I, I, I don't think, I think there is still some, I mean, like, listen, in the U.S., not as much, but I'm also looking a little outside the U.S., there's a ton of lockdowns in Europe and stuff like that, but there were some Canada, also in the U.S. Canada, big Canada, time. yeah, 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 <clears throat> for sure. And I mean, there were some in, in different parts of the U.S. as well. Um, and I just think that they were overrated as like a tactic at this point um, because of the unfortunate negative side effects that it on um, mental health and all those things. So um, yeah. again, I hesitate to be careful around that because they do have an effectiveness, but I think that they were overrated. Yeah. Right. They, they're think, effective I, I, if the other stuff that's in place are also effective, which are helping citizens financially, having better access to mental health care, um, and uh, having a populace that buys into why you're having the lockdown in the first place. Um, if you don't have all of that, which you didn't have in a lot of the United States, um, you know, it makes lockdowns a lot more difficult to reach that final goal, right? Which is just slowing the spread. I don't buy the economic portions of it that much because um, we could allocate our economic priorities much more effectively. And instead of passing a $700 billion military budget we don't need, we could have allocated a couple billion to making sure people can get through this pandemic. So the, the, the economic consequences of a lockdown, I think, are solved by other means. Um, the mental health stuff is real, uh, especially for children. I think that as a society, our number one school should be the very fucking last thing <clears throat> that we close down. The fact that some localities have like closed schools down and not bars is morally reprehensible in my mind. Um, yep. We the, we we should be prioritizing children um, in all aspects of this fucking hardcore. So I. Um, I don't think I feel as strongly about the ineffectiveness of lockdowns as you do, but I definitely take the point. And um, I think it's a little bit also more nuanced where it's like, who gives a shit about bars really make sure that they're taking care of the business owners and whatever. But like, again, we can make sure that that's dealt with through economic means, but we shouldn't be closing schools unless there's an absolute fucking need. But also right now I'm seeing that children themselves are walking out of school. Cause they're like, and I've been like reading some threads about going on what's going on in some schools. And it's like, this is fucking nuts. So, um, there's also, I mean, like you said, it's incredibly difficult and you're not, you're trying to pick a worst, uh, least worst option. And that's going to depend on a whole bunch of different things and a whole bunch of different contexts. So I wish that we were able to have a more nuanced discussion that was devoid of politics and based on, um, what everybody perceived as mental or as public health trade-offs. Um, which yeah. we're not able to, which is really disappointing. But that's the conversation we should be having. And that we can have reasonable people can disagree in a lot of different ways about that. And then we can figure out how to like, another thing we should do is be, we should be investing in air filtration systems all over the fucking world. You want to talk about stimulating the economy? Let's do that shit. 
like shovels ready, let's go. So, and the government can really get behind that. And that's something that we can do to, you know, make sure that lockdowns aren't as needed. And so, especially in winter months. So um, I think that it's like lockdown or no lockdown. That's not the discussion we need to be having. It's what are uh, all of the tools we can be deploying to making sure that we can be as normal as possible while keeping as many people as safe as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is still happening. I, I mean, I just want to clarify. I don't, I did uh, you know, just once I, I do think the lockdowns are effective in what they're trying to do, but you know, it's like, right. It's like public health, as you were saying, and it's like, okay, physical health versus mental health. Also like domestic violence, right. All those things that happen. And then the supply, and I think, I think for my end, and I think, you know, we could, we don't need to harp on this or anything, but I think the economic, the biggest piece is the supply chain issues and what happens when there's like a lockdown, people can't go. And then the, how that then trickles down, which I actually think that we are at the beginning of, although let's fucking see how maybe 2022 will be fine. But like, I don't know if you all have experienced it, but I have experienced some things that kind of need like masks that it can't get because there aren't enough. And the reason there's not enough is because people were in lockdown. They weren't able to produce them is my understanding of the situation. Right. So it's like it feeds back on itself. Right. It's like it's you know what I mean? It's like, and so, we, I, you yeah. know, again, like I think we can do a lot of mitigation efforts um, that are not lockdowns, but they require a public investment, which we're not yeah. doing. Yeah. So like, yeah, across the board, right, right, any right. solution, every solution, yeah. there's somebody on some side going, nope. And then we go, well, should probably just trash that. <laughs> yeah. like example. retooling factories to make sure that they have excellent world-class uh, air filtration systems would be great right yeah you do yeah. we were doing yeah. stuff like that towards the beginning and then that kind yeah. of effort over yeah. a multi-year thing we just didn't seem like we could do it which is yeah. unfortunate because as we could we have the capability in yeah. this country yeah yeah anderson earlier when you were talking about the schools you said they're I think you said fucking nuts inside the schools mm -hmm. in some scenarios. What do you mean by that? What could you expand? So like, um, for example, they're having major staffing issues because a lot of people have COVID. And so they're like putting, you know, they were, <clears throat> I was reading a thread again, this is some anecdotal stuff. Uh, but I was reading a thread that uh, a kid was like, basically all we're doing is study hall right now because no, there's no teachers available to teach us. And so right. we're just sitting yeah. in a room, not learning. And then, oh, they put us in a uh, cafeteria with a hundred other people. And we get a literal COVID test from somebody, a, a positive COVID test of somebody in the cafeteria with us. And so right. it's like, what are we doing? People right. are scrambling away from the kid and yada, yada. And so at some point it's kind of like, how effective is it to even keep the school open? But that's a, um, that's not a, 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 a state lockdown, right? That's a like communication with the school and the parents and the locality. Uh, and if we had better functioning local governments, uh, along with better functioning school boards and by the way, better functioning parents, uh, and, fun it, and funding and just more funding and, for education yes. in general, yeah, yeah. more substitute teachers available, more steep teachers yeah. available right, and right. reduce class yeah. sizes generally. Um, and so all of those things would, would help. So that's, that's some of the things I've been reading anecdotally online. I saw there was a big walkout in New York city, um, students protesting still staying in school so i think couple states we can you know and and that's another thing in this discussion that's really important to think in is scale right and so sometimes a solution is going to be appropriate for a school sometimes it's going to be appropriate for a district sometimes it's going to be appropriate for a city state etc and there's they're all interconnected but there's different 
solutions, different rules at each level, right? Each level of scale. And so I, I, I wish that we were better able to have that conversation, honestly, as a country. Uh, but right now we're still at like our vaccines, evil plans from Jim Jewish Democrats or whatever. But, it, but you listed like 10 other things that are wrong with the education system in general. Right. And those are long-term education policy conversations <laughs> that have happened too. So it's like, um, but it shows us how intertwined everything really is. Um, yeah, with COVID too. really what it is, is we should be massively investing in education. We should take the entire military budget over the next 10 years and put it into education. Be great. Yeah. Yeah, be great. Fucking sold. Blake, what do you got? Haven't we been talking about that for the last 10 years now? Yeah, Probably. I have. Uh, <laughs> my grandfather has so... been talking about it since 1955. so i am continuing on with my overrated tradition and i'm nominating donald trump as the most overrated okay that's what you did last year wow okay all right i mean didn't he try to start like the media company this year or something like that we don't know where that's at and he just continues to sell swag uh fucking devin nunez left congress to go run it Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah. So it's it, it's happening. I like haven't heard anything about it in a while. I mean, it's happening, <laughs> quote unquote. Yeah. Okay. Um, probably what it is is it's a front. Uh huh. That's yeah. I think yeah, they've right. raised a shitload of money yeah. on it, right, and right, so right, I think right, it's right, right, right. just it's like a, yeah, it's yeah. A front yeah. for Came back his dick. just like his presidential campaign. Yes, was, yes, right. Yes, yes. Until he won, it is a way to like, monetize. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. And so are the rest of us. Um, It's a way to monetize people's uh, political frustration and anger, which turns out they're really good at. Turns fucking out. Uh, Well, I agree. Yeah, that motherfucker is generally overrated in life. Yeah. Anybody who says that he's doing anything good in his first year not being president is just lying through their teeth. He's doing nothing but trying to save his own ass and lie through his teeth continually about the big lie of the election. Yeah, that's, all. that's all he's done. Yeah. He's done nothing to help humanity move forward, which is what every other president does after they're done with their terms. Yeah. They try, they volunteer their time. They try to help people. He hasn't done shit. Yeah. He has successfully taken money from people who are poor is what that he's is done. True. And inverted the realities of yep. those very people at the same time. I think he's overrated. He's an overrated leader. He's an overrated businessman. He's an overrated game show host. He's probably overrated in bed. He's overrated. His tan's overrated. His hair's over. Everything about him is fucking overrated. So, yeah. Counterpoint. I have to go with Counterpoint. He is properly rated as fucking horrible. Yeah, yeah, right, right. (laughs) I agree with that. Yeah. Just like he asked. This actually is a uh good transition to my cheating underrated um okay <laughs> so i was originally going to say trump not being president uh because uh, I, I i don't think that we like the fact that i don't that none of us have to wake up in the morning and be like what crazy shit is gonna happen today what did he tweet this what was going on like that constant drum beat i think yeah. like I am so grateful every day that I don't have to fucking deal with that. So that's, but I, I wanted to try and make this not that Donald Trump related. So um, my underrated, Sorry. <laughs> uh, I remember sitting in college in my astronomy class and being like, 
I think Newton might have had more influence on everyday Americans than like any American politician. And maybe I chose wrong <laughs> for the, my career path. And I should have gone into science and not politics. And so in that spirit, my underrated was NASA's year. NASA had a great year this year. <laughs> they uh, launched the James Webb Space Telescope, nice. which is going to be the most powerful telescope we've had and is going to be able to look back further in time than any telescope we've had. It's going to tell us really super fucking cool shit about the universe. Oh, uh, such good stuff about the primordial ooze before the big bang. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. Let's get to the plank link. Let's go, baby. <laughs> um, they landed a rover on the moon and or on the fucking Mars. Yeah. And you know what else they did? They flew a helicopter on fucking Mars. Yeah. Which is so, so cool. Yeah. Uh, they saw live also- footage. If you paid attention, you got to see live yeah. footage from Mars, yeah. live streaming yeah. on the internet, yeah. which is There's pretty mind-boggling yeah. <laughs> when you There's think about it. Lots of content turns out of just like, hey, here's what Mars looks like yesterday afternoon. And you're like, this is a fucking miracle and nobody cares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> they tested a um, satellite that can redirect asteroids from hitting us Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool Mm -hmm. uh it's if you've seen don't look up it's a solution to that let's go baby uh they also i didn't know that that's fucking dope yeah right do you have a name for that yeah it's um the double asteroid redirection test dart um dope they uh launched a satellite to check out turns out there's a whole bunch of mini asteroids that follow jupiter around and they uh sent a a satellite to go check that out they also were able to uh finally get together the um aries 5 slash space launch system rocket which is uh was first or first conceived of under the bush administration the the second one and it is um hold on it is 322 feet tall it's fucking gigantic. Damn. Wow. Damn. <laughs> it, it is gigantic. It will produce 4 million kilograms of thrust. Get out of here. It's wild. And so, wild. you know what? Like, we had this disaster of a year, but it's possible 200 years from now, the history books talk about the Perseverance rover and the coronavirus, and that's it. And so, this same year. Yeah. Wild. Yep. Yeah. And wow. so uh, I want to bring some hope, right? And and some future looking shit to this too. Like NASA kicked ass this year and we should be proud of NASA. Government works. We should invest in public programs to go out and, and learn about the universe. It is fucking cool and we should do it more. Let's go NASA. Dude, I'm looking at, I'm looking at YouTube footage of the double asteroid direction test dart mission. And I don't even like fucking know what I'm watching right now. <laughs> what is this? Like, Shit. It's an hour, it's almost an hour and a half long. Like I'm gonna have to go back and like I don't even know. You're welcome. They're doing they're doing something. Let's go. Let's fucking go. That's cool. Um I'll, yeah. That is cool. We love to see it. Um oh, yeah. space, John- baby. Excellent underrated. Yeah, very excellent. Very excellent. I agree. I agree you. that, you know, space, you know, the final frontier uh, is um, going yeah, to be. Right? I, I was just, was it space. I was, what? I don't even know if it was a show or something I was watching. 
But it's like, when you really start to dig into space, it's like, you know, how time doesn't work. Like the factors of time breakdowns that are like, you can go someplace, but then you could come back and it could be like three for your experience. It'd be like three months, but it'd be like three years somewhere else. And like, just like all the laws of physics break down. It's so crazy. Like it just, if you start to build, you're like, oh, right. Like everything we think we know is only really like that, like only makes sense on this planet. Like no, it doesn't make sense. Like it, it's, it, it, it's mind boggling in a way that gives me hope. You know, sometimes you just got to be reminded you're small as fuck. It doesn't really matter. So this is a bugaboo of mine. Um, we are small. Yes. Like we're fucking tiny. Yeah. All, but also we're gigantic compared to other stuff. So yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but we're the most complicated thing that we know of of the universe. The right. brain is the most complicated, most unique thing that we know of of the universe. Scientifically. Right now. Scientifically. Scientifically. Although I would also submit, I would say, here's, here's the thing. My balm is that sometimes I need to feel small because I'm like, this is so important. Everything's fucked up. And I need to be like, you know what? In the 10 billion, whatever, how many billions of years, it, you know, it's a blip in the radar. It's okay. But I agree with you, John, that in the end, if it, if, if we don't, if this is the only thing we know, then it's the most, becomes the most important. Right. If, if, if we're the most complex thing, then it comes back to, it's kind of the most, cause we're here and this is what we know. So, you know, I wouldn't, so I, I say that to say, sometimes we think of ourselves as unspecial, yeah. I think, when we say we're small, right. and I think it's totally the opposite, because the measure is not size, mm. the measure is complexity. Mm. And so the vast majority of the universe, aside from dark matter and energy, because we don't understand that, so let's just put that discussion aside for the moment, <laughs> which is a giant discussion, And but let's just put it aside. Um, the vast majority of the universe is made up of hydrogen and helium, right. like the like 98, 9% or something. Hydrogen is by far the most boring thing substance that we know of. It's, it's one neutron and one proton, that's it, right? And then helium, I think, is two neutrons and a proton or right. one neutron, whatever, doesn't matter. They're, they are the simplest building blocks of life our brains and bodies contain elements that were born in supernova and that's the only place that they're born it's dope as fuck and on top of that guess what we're able to have this discussion right now yeah which is that right there is is the closest thing that i come to spirituality Mm -hmm. the fact that we are able to articulate that these molecules are able to form in a way that are able to collectively articulate themselves, mm. which is a miracle. And so when we say that we're small, I say we are complex and that's fucking cool. And it's cool. And, and I would say both uh, complexity and what, what is, is really super important. It's good for all of us all to think about where we stand in this universe and the time thing that Tyler's talking about the very real complexities about Space travel within our own solar system, travel outside of it, information and technology being to a point that we could get to that as a species and really function off of this planet uh, is a real question mark, uh, which leads me to my underrated, which is climate change. Because oh, no. I hate to be a downer. Hate no, to be a downer. Yeah. Uh, but guys, it's really, really That's a good one. dour. Uh, next yeah. 50, 50 yeah. to 100 years is really, really critical yeah. to whether or not our species and the biomes on this planet it's live really long enough for us to continue to have this dream. Um, you know, the it's 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 tough for me to have it as the underrated here, but at the same time, it's the biggest existential crisis we face as a species yeah. currently. I think it's super um, and there, there's 
Yeah. We cannot put enough thought process into how we're going to try to fix this. Agreed. Um, a couple, a couple facts from this year. Uh, just in the United States alone, there were twenty-one billion or higher uh, weather events. Jesus, cost of weather events across the entire country. Over thirteen hundred tornadoes this year, which is the highest ever on record. It was the fourth warmest year it's ever been since we started recording it one hundred twenty-three years ago. And uh, to make matters worse, uh, when you look at the uh, global overshoot day, which is the day that we go using our globally allotted re- reusable uh, products on this planet. We uh, got that out by July 29th of this year, which means that global consumption uh, went at a 1.7 earth loads for this year. Um, and that continues to grow as well. So all of this stuff is very should be very concerning to everybody listening, should be very concerning to everyone um, on the planet. And it is a real shame, going back to my original point from the over, that there has been such little movement by the Democrats, considering this was such a bedrock part of what everybody ran on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for the first time in basically our lifetimes, or a very long time in our lifetimes, they had the real super means to make sure that there was meaningful climate change policy enacted in this country. Um, and it hasn't happened. Yeah. So, just a shame. Like, it's a shame. It's a shame on all of our leaders across the board. Totally. Yeah. And it, it's here too. Like it's, it's going to get a lot worse, but it's here. As we saw in Colorado, we had the most devastating forest fire in the history of our state in fucking December. December. Yeah. 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 In yeah. December. Yeah. 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 And it was, I invite everybody to go look at some of the videos and stuff from that. It happened so fast that it's, apocalyptic it is an absolute fucking miracle that nobody died in that considering how fast it moved yeah and that is freaky shit like if you're not freaked out by that you're not paying attention kelly like it's entirely appropriate downer that you you point this out we don't talk about it enough um it is existential and uh you know i'm really starting to like emotionally kind of panic about it and we're seeing the weather i mean we we didn't have our first snow until the end of december this year yeah like it was crazy and then we had this forest fire and everything and you see what's going on all over the planet setting tons of temperature like that heat wave that happened this summer in the pacific northwest yeah 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 Yeah. i was was fucking there by the way i was there it was real that's not a deep fake i was there it was hot spot (laughs) (laughs) yeah so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's entirely appropriate and we should like talk, we should talk about it more yeah, on this podcast. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times that I've had the, like, it's almost like the weather's changing is like a kind of like almost half joke to people. Like it's almost like the climate is changing. I don't know if you've noticed this, but it, you know, it's, it's, it's not only like the, what we might consider negative ones, like that's blown my mind. Like, cause that, you know, like fires and like, yeah, that's bad. But like October of this year, was the most rainy October on record in the state of California, which because of the drought is a good thing, right? But this is what science has been saying, extremes, right? We've gone through like a really intense drought and now we're going to come back to like a really, really rainy season that's like more rainy. Yeah. Right. But Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't solve the drought. No, 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 no. Because it just gets super rainy for a couple months and then it's back to extreme heat and drought again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess they're saying that the the reservoirs are like 85% full, which is like really, really good. But again, you also get all these landslides with that heavy run of rain after a drought like that when you don't have vegetation to hold things together so yeah i mean it's 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 such a huge issue and like you know it's like as a 30 something like you know 
Lauren and I, my partner and I, we talk about like where we want to live out our lives and potentially like have our family. And one of like the top five concerns is like, what's going to be habitable in 20 years? You know, um, there's that fucking serious conversation for people in our age group. And when like, look, we have, we have to plan for climate disaster, which is something our parents didn't have to do. Grandparents. No, no generation. No, no. It's really had. There's like that. I saw that report there. There's like that plug and like in the ice sheet of Antarctica. And it's like, it's like, I don't fully understand the science, but it's like basically like the way that it, 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 it is situated that if it breaks, then like everything's going to really quickly accelerate. Like it's holding a bunch of things together. I think we talked about this on the pod, right? I think we did. Maybe a little bit, or we definitely did in the Slack. It's kind of complicated. It's not going to work well in a visual medium or in an audio medium. But um, my understanding is that there's this huge uh, glacier that sits in a bowl in Antarctica. And um, there's a certain glacier that keeps the ocean away from filling that bowl. Because what you don't want to do, the... Right, right, right. Issue is preventing surface area of ice from touching water because the more surface touch. area of yeah. ice touching water, it'll and so oh, if that yep. glacier goes, then the water is going to be able to go into this bowl and quickly melt the this giant ice sheet. Yeah, that's my understanding. Yeah, of it. that's correct. Um, and they said it, okay, it, yeah, there's yeah, like accelerate in the worst in the you know and these are obviously the worst case scenarios. Those might not happen, but it's like even if it's not the worst case, it would raise. Um, the global uh, ocean levels by five to 10 feet in, or by, by 10 feet in the next five to 10 years. And like, I went on my phone and was like, how far above sea level is my home again? 32 feet. Okay. So I might be okay, but Jesus, like I had to check, you know? <laughs> that, I mean that, yeah, if it, if it's that bad, it's actually five to 10 feet. That is the majority of cities and it's yeah. the majority of people Catastrophic. on the planet that live within that, that's a that. that's a civilization ender with that's a noah's ark type shit that's an atlantis sinking type shit you know what i mean like the, that is the redounding effects of moving 90 whatever percent of human population in five to ten years is a civilization ending event yeah yeah it's impossible for us at this point yeah yeah. there's no fucking way we could do that effectively i mean it's that's that's that would be absolutely fucking insane yeah well let me let me you know let me just bring us back with maybe a slightly (laughs) more you know tension release tension release tension release like because this one i'm like this is like feels like hope like uh, i underrated that in that like i don't know if people think this is a big enough deal for potential change which is what is now being called the quote great resignation um where in the last uh six months of 2021 20 million americans quit their jobs so just to give you an idea that is approximately 12 percent of the entire u.s workforce and usually our unemployment is like somewhere around three to five percent and when even really bad times it gets up to ten percent usually so the fact that 12% 12% of the U.S. workforce quit their jobs in a six-month period. It didn't, it, they obviously got jobs, right? So I'm not saying, but that amount of people. Right, yeah, they didn't all just become unemployed. A lot left for other, for greener passages. Well, I think that's the point, right? Is that it, when we talk about, and that's what I'm saying, like, in the, almost on the positive side, right? Because it's like unemployment is when you don't choose to be and then you become unemployed, right? <clears throat> Resignation is when you're choosing to leave. So, so many people chose to like almost double the usual unemployment rate. And what I hope that that is, and there's like, you know, they're still kind of trying to figure out because it's just like kind of the last half of 2021. But it seems like that it was not for lack of pay. It was for toxic work environments. Um, seems to be what the, the so far the data is showing in terms of the largest driver of that. 
And so what I hope for this is that um, people are sort of starting to look at capitalism and go, huh, well, this doesn't seem to be working so well. And I also don't like what I'm doing. So like, fuck it. And like, you know, maybe let's try to do something instead of becoming a worker bee. Maybe there's some creativity that I, something that I have to offer the world that maybe the world didn't tell me that I did. But now I've been sitting at home for two years and I've had some time to fucking stew in my own shit. And you know what? Maybe I do have something to offer the world. Um, so anyways, that's my underrated. I think that this could potentially be a really big deal and could really shift um, like our, our, the U.S. economy um, I guess not economy, but like work, like, um, workforce or, or I don't even know what to say. Work, general work culture, you know? Um, that, okay. Yeah. I agree it's with a little bit of everything. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't think like the implications I think it has on capitalism is basically negligible. Yeah. Um, but I just want to throw that in as a lefty, John, just let me, just let me, just let me, yeah, just let me sorry. Just, let me just sprinkle some communism sorry, and socialism in, 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 um, I do think it's really going to prompt changes in how we work, though, which I think is incredibly healthy. Um, I think we're going to start moving more towards the four-day work week in an organic way. I think that there's going to be a lot more flexibility. Hopefully, it drives uh, more paid leave and more maternity leave and more uh, all of that kind of stuff that's incredibly important. And that might happen because uh, businesses are going to need to compete for workers. Um, I know like through my work, people, I work with a lot of medical practices and they're really, really hurting for staff right now. And so I think of that and it makes so much sense. Right. And so those are the people that you're looking at, I think in, in this. And so, you know, what does that app, what does that do? The other thing that's interesting about that though, which is a little bit more dystopian is, uh, I think software is going to eat a lot of those jobs. Mm-hmm. So I think right, that, right, right. uh, business owners will go and say, the solution to this is not offering, uh, workers better, packages it's going to be yeah, buying robots. software yeah. that replaces yeah, software them. and then robots yeah, yeah. so yeah. uh i i do think though um this would be a really good opportunity for the ubi yeah and then i think if we did have a ubi like system uh possibly distributed through the postal service maybe <laughs> um i think that uh we would maybe see that burst of creativity you're talking about and maybe more effects on capitalism because you kind of shift away from yeah. a con- I would think you would shift more away the for- from a the forced gig economy. Yeah. You wouldn't have that forced gig economy anymore if you had that UBI. Right. People would right, have right, the right. flexibility. Right. Right. But that wasn't exactly the point I was making. The point was, I think that you would see creativity explode. So you could you could probably, you know, for a lot of people work uh, or have UBI and then make money as an artist or as a musician. Like if you're if you combine those two things, um, Mm -hmm. I think or you have people taking more risks with business. You also have people taking more risks with education. And so I, I really that's to me one of the most exciting things about the UBI and I do think that that would have maybe a measurable effect on how we think about capitalism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. So more more money in the system where pe- more regular people had more purchasing power rather than stuck in silos yeah. of uh, capital might actually work to help drive some factors in the economy. Whoa. Weird. I never would have thought right, of it. Exactly. <laughs> oh. 
it's almost like it might trickle down, you know, like it might trickle down, actually, actually trickle I, down. I would say uh, high tide raises all boats. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, 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 yeah, yeah. We like that. A little more bottom up. I like that. Right? Like that. Yeah. Like to do that. Um, Thanks for the levy back. But, I was worried there for a second, John. I was worried you were <laughs> that computers eating jobs. Num num num. Like a uh, no, I mean, I think that's what we need to do, right? Like. Um, you know, everybody was like, oh my God, uh, what's happening to farmers? What is everybody going to do? And it's like, well, you know, we invented manufacturing, <laughs> like the economy changed. And so I, I think we have the opportunity to do that. And that's a major reason for the existence of government is to smooth the economy's transition into that. And the way to smooth that would be a UBI because we're going to be, we already are in an information and service-based economy, but it, it's not a great way to make a living. And so if it's supported by government and we know that in society we have that amount of money because there's so many billionaires who we should be taxing the absolute fuck out of. And so if we if we are able to redistribute that, I do think you would see a, uh, an explosion in creativity um, and art and things that are better for the soul. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you saw it in COVID mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think you see in a lot of like the the – the the best examples are like uh, protests and, and cultural yep. unrest, yep. but yes. for sure yes. there was so much more. I think artistic output yes. in the last two years yeah. people had because they had more time to do it, and a lot of it ended up I I think being really kind of negative art because people felt trapped and they felt helpless, right. and right. it was the mental health issues that you came out of. People were comfortable and had an opportunity to explore a positive place rather yeah. than a negative place. Yeah. There would be a lot of really great room um, for. Who knows what? Yeah. Really, really probably unbelievable stuff. Our minds come up with really cool things <laughs> when we have the opportunity. <laughs> Humans are cool, it turns out. So, yeah, yeah I think um, UBI, baby, let's fucking go. Yeah, the uh, the Renaissance in Europe was funded by the wealthy. Sure was. So. Did they eat them? Is that... Hey, sorry. Yeah. If it wasn't for the Medicis, there probably wouldn't have been a Renaissance. Right. Yeah, right. man, the, the Medicis. Medicis were one of the first families in Europe to really... And I mean, they did it in a selfish way to like kind of show off their wealth, but it sparked fire across Europe once other wealthy people buying yachts. Yeah, fuck that shit. So, anyways, uh, UBI. My, I, I had several underrateds, um, most of which you guys kind of named. So, like NASA landing on Mars, uh, NASA making oxygen on Mars. Like that's cool shit, right? Let's fucking go. Um, so cool uh others some other shit like with the weather you know there's a fifth ocean uh now the southern ocean goes around antarctica oh yeah there's a new ocean (laughs) oh fuck missed that one honestly wow cool Uh, so but i'd also like to point out richard branson was the first private citizen to enter space in his own space how mad is jeff bezos about that i know he beat him like by nine days dude it was like no no contest um but then i mean but spacex was an all civilian crew which is really dope yeah so i mean that's really cool like an all civilian crew goes into space that was absolutely going to be my least favorite was the billion space race (laughs) i mean it's it's it, it could be a least favorite the fact that it's jeff bezos for sure but but as far as like a step for humanity, and Elon Musk, yeah, and Elon Musk, whatever. But it's a step for humanity, right? In a way, it is. In a way, it is. Yeah. My 
most favorite underrated that none of none of you guys named is a human brain was successfully wirelessly connected to a computer. Yeah, let's go, baby. Uh, Singularity. And so, like, somebody who is a quadriplegic could use a computer just by thinking, and they could move limbs. Uh, That's wild. Yeah. Wild, dude. So, That's nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, coming. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. What uh-huh. happens when you have a silicon chip in your brain that is networked? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's coming unless climate change kills us first i mean you know what i mean like, no, i like, still think there'll be pockets of society that have that anyway okay yeah. all right maybe all right yeah so <laughs> no, i'm not gonna make it not gonna make a depopulation cyborg joke nah, gonna do that. <laughs> i mean yeah. yeah i mean i always have those those kind of hiccups when i hear about some of that technology stuff when it's the fusing of technology and and human biology and especially with the technology with our brains i just read too many dystopic science fiction books to be like this is going to be a really good idea at the end of the day there's always something in my head that goes it's gonna it's gonna be a cyborg uprising it's gonna give other people the ability to hack into our brains like if you have that silicone chip in your brain it's great it's facebook it's meta you can get into it but then oh but you're also a soldier for facebook because it's in your brain they could turn you on at any point you know like shit like that just it, there's like there's always that hesitancy about where a human being loses the humanity and then becomes too much technology right um yeah. i am the, i'm I, concerned we, about networking i have watched Battlestar galactica several times uh and the one, thing yeah. i learned from that is don't network computers if you don't want bad shit to happen Right. Yeah. See, I just want the AI to be smarter than us so that once we go in the singularity, the AI just takes over and it's like, oh, thank God. I'm not, you're not humans anymore. Yes. That's a joke. I don't really. Some people might argue that the, the Matrix was actually a good thing right. because right. it allows people to live in a blissful time rather than force them um, into a dystopic future. Right. I just rewatched The Matrix, so I'm currently a, a a renewed expert on this, and I can tell you that uh, Cipher would agree with you that uh, the steak yeah. doesn't matter; it still tastes great and plugs yeah. you back yeah. in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Boop. Fine. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's better than living uh, but, in this cave where I have to eat paste. Right? I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Weird. Well, though. but yeah. then his ass gets fucking fried by by Tank, and we feel good about that. Yeah. So. But great point, Blake. I think that's a hugely underrated thing. I mean, that is yeah. Nobody's unreal. talked about that shit, you know. But the effect the effect on all of us is huge. Yep, completely agree. Did you guys see that they transplanted a heart grown in a pig uh, yeah. into a human for the first time? Nice. Damn. Yeah, it was so, only a couple days ago, so we'll see. Yeah. But it seems successful at this point. Yeah, and so it's artificial organs and and silicon chips in your brain and all sorts of things. I will say I'm extremely excited to take five seconds to learn how to fly a helicopter, though. That is like almost worth me uh, hooking up a silicon chip to my brain, <laughs> so I can be like, I know Taekwondo or whatever the fuck. <laughs> the, the That's true. Would be dope as fuck. That would be pretty sweet. Um, we should we move to under or to uh, least favorite? Least favorite, yeah. Kelly. Yeah, why don't you? Yeah, I mean, I'm still gonna say billionaire space race. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. still it's still my least favorite thing. It was the thing that infuriated me so much this year 
Um, I mean, a lot of things infuriated me, but that one kind of topped the list just because of the the natural hubris of it. Um, you know, the fact that I understand the amount of work that goes into it to hiring the amount of people, paying the amount of people to produce something and produce a rocket that can allow three or four people to spend some time in space. It took the government of the United States and Russia decades to do that. Um, It's taken individual investors. Branson, you could probably argue, has really had a focus on it for eight years, maybe. Uh, Elon Musk, five. Bezos, maybe five. Um, but when you're talking about the fact that the, the only saving grace is kind of the idea that regular citizens should be able to do it. There shouldn't be some kind of barrier that exists because the government controls all the technology and the capability to do that. And I understand that as well. But I also can't look at three companies whose supposed mission is the betterment of mankind by doing this for everybody when they spend five, six billion dollars to develop single flights into space. Like that's Jeff Bezos probably spent five and a half billion dollars to get up into space. Right. And Um, then they they put themselves on those planets. That's enough to plant five billion trees, man. It's 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 enough to solve humanitarian crisis in like eight countries. Right. It's enough to vaccinate two billion more people on this planet. Just to be like, I was able to do that along with Elon Musk. And along, (laughs) you know, with so that I have as a humanitarian, I have a deep seated problem with it that there's so much money being spent on such a small thing. And I also dislike the type of uh, long term effects that rich people are allowed to go into space. Nobody else is. And again, it's the same kind of thing that you get with the government controlling everything. But you get a difference of potentially merit based versus rich based. Um, so we could have that philosophical discussion at some point in the future. Uh, but you know, I did want to make those points that it just infuriates me to watch, uh, rich people swinging their small dicks at each other so they can spend two minutes (laughs) in space. I, uh, what? Yes. I, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Encore. Yes. Seconded. Yes. All of that. Um, I think space exploration is a good thing. Generally, I was pretty horrified watching this specifically, um, I was very frustrated. I was like, we need to tax these people at a hundred percent of their income over a billion dollars and reinvest it into the space race in a public way. And it's funny. Cause I used to say when, like when I was in college, the space, the, the future of the space race is private and that's a good thing. And, um, I don't feel that way anymore watching the reality of this, because like you said, it's insane that these people control the amount of money that they do and then allocate it the way they do. This is not trickle down economics. This is, this is the result of those kinds of economic policies and nobody's winning here except for literally a handful of human beings. And that's completely unacceptable when we have a planet full of 7 billion people who could really use some, some help. Yeah. 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 Feel that. Yep. Yeah. My, my least favorite is, um, related in the way of like asshole individuals controlling way too much. Um, and, uh, that would be Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin's my least favorite. Um, Good. Yes. Because I don't think that one senator uh, from West Virginia should be uh, controlling uh, the fate of democracy in our country right now. 
Uh, and it does feel like that is kind of what's going down. And, you know, it, it's also, I just, I just don't, on a personal basis, you know, it's just like him and his like parties on his houseboats in DC where he just, he just doesn't seem like an honest person, right? He's just, and I will say that um, a, a close um, supporting, if the support, if Joe Manchin's the lead, the supporting actor in this um, is uh, the filibuster uh because uh, I, uh the filibuster is also just so goddamn annoying because if we didn't if we just get rid of that then we could pass all that but Joe yeah and it wouldn't matter yeah wouldn't matter with him you know yeah yeah it's just like the rules also, of the senate but yeah, yeah. to have yeah. to have one guy from an aging back i want to say backwards but definitely an aging state whose basic main economy is so far behind the rest of the country Decide stuff for the rest of us for future climate policies and future building policies because he's in the pocket of coal is ridiculous. It's how he made most of his money before he was even in the Senate. So it's just it's absurd. Um, yeah, but yeah. that's that's what happens when you have an effective leadership and yeah, have those Senate rules. Yeah, so. yeah. So don't like Joe Manchin is the story. <laughs> he was my least favorite, and I hope he's not my least favorite for this coming year. But fuck, we'll see. Hey, I picked Trump twice in a row for uh, overrated. So I mean, all right. So I guess I could do it. Yeah, that's Maybe. fine. Maybe. Should I go next? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So, so my least favorite for 2021 was gun violence on the rise. Mm. Mm. Not a real good one. Good one slash bad one. Yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, what else to say? You know. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, good yeah. One. Continues. so it continues um and like you know it's, it's complex there's a lot of different ones we could talk about but just the way in which you know it relates mental health right but there's just like there's a lot of boys and men and there's a lot of white boys and men right doing these things and um uh also like you know um let's not erase because you know high profile things like school shootings right. but you know all the shootings that happen in um you know majority bipoc uh communities um that are you know gang related violence which is an outcome of um poverty right so it, it it's just and those those get hit hard and um also just fuck the gun manufacturers hate them so much the worst right <laughs> um, agreed it'd be nice to see some some stricter penalties against the manufacturers they're the ones that seem to get most protected in the system currently um and you know it's just the idea that um a right to own a weapon that is meant for killing people um in your house uh it's no sorry i'm not making my point very clear what i'm trying to say is that it makes perfect sense that what ends up happening is when you have access to it and you have a culture built around protecting yourself and access to these weapons, that it becomes more acceptable to have these levels of violence. And it's just simply not acceptable, really, in civilized yeah. society. If you'd look around and ask people, what's the most important thing about civil society? And you would say the ability to have a conversation with each other, the ability to act peacefully with one another, the ability to help each other move forward and build our country together, right? And it's not that when you have this incipient gun violence and gun culture that is rotting part of the American core. Um, And it's so sad because 
people who are really into the gun culture and really into it, almost like a religion, they look at it and they say, that's the only thing that's important about America. It's the only yeah. reason we ever got to this point. Um, and in some ways, they're right if you look at history. <laughs> but it's unfortunate. Yeah, right. But we're, we're at a point where we could have those conversations again, and we should, and say, where do we want to go? Where do we want to be as a society in 20 years, 50 years, 100 years? Uh, do we yeah. want to be a, the only society on the planet that allows people to shoot each other on the streets with impunity? Yeah. Uh, because yeah. we have a gun culture. Um, right. yeah. And and related to that too, and I think this is something that's often missing in the debate, we're never going to reform, reform the police without reforming uh, the Second Amendment in the United States as well. So you, true, you, will, so you will never, ever reform the police without that. And I understand why a lot of police are freaked out. Like there's more guns on the street of America than people. And so, and on the other um, hand, the cops are armed like they're the army. And so everybody else is buying guns. Exactly. And then you, and right when people are like, look how, look how armed the cops are. We need to arm ourselves. And it's just, it's like a literal internal arms race. Everybody needs to deescalate. And so, um, we will, you know, we're never going to, fortunately we're never, those things are linked and we have to reform them together. Um, and it's going to be, that's going to make it harder, not easier. Yeah. Unfortunately. John, what's yours? What's your, uh, um mine is the attack on democracy fuck that shit fuck all of you people go to hell you can move to russia (laughs) um yeah not into it i uh it's up and down um every level of our governing structure right now Mm -hmm. it um We've made this point over and over again. Democracy is important because it's how societies correct themselves. If you don't have that mechanism, society isn't able to effectively fix problems. And so it is in your best interest as an American citizen to make sure that democracy is healthy and alive so that we're able to take a look at something like climate change and say, we all need to get together and have a conversation about how to move forward here. It's going to make, going to be some difficult decisions, but we're going to try and do what's best for the citizens of our country. If we lose democracy, it's going to be fucking Betsy DeVos making that decision. And that doesn't sound like a good alternative to me. So, uh, a lot of Americans that would disagree with you about that. <laughs> about 30%, it would seem like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. which happens to correlate with the, our estimation of the authoritarian gene in the population. So I wonder if that's a thing. Uh, but um, so, yeah, democracy, rad. We should keep it. And uh, we're, it's, it is under uh, more siege than it has been in this country since. I would argue at least the 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and, and worldwide, so, too. Like, yeah, the last yeah, time yeah. you saw worldwide, it is a worldwide thing. was like the 30s. It, exactly. <laughs> totally. And if, if you don't want Viktor Orban, Vladimir Putin, and whoever the fuck terrible American rises to the top making decisions for 7 billion people, we should, and Xi Jinping, Xi Jinping, we should include him. Yeah. Um, those are the people that will make decisions for literally the world yeah. if if we don't win this fight at home and abroad. And yeah. so uh, and this is the year we have to do it. Right. Also, by the right. way, the time is out. Yeah. We are at zero hour. And if we lose it now, it's going to be 
a generational fight to get it back. So uh, that would be my least favorite thing of 2021. Fucking A. And uh, the, 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 the way that it's just, it's just so insidious is like, because, you know, your big point, John, which is so true, is that we have to protect democracy. But that's what these people think they're doing because they think that the election was stolen. But the reason that they think that is because they're not able to sift through the barrage of information to sift facts from, from fiction. And that goes back to a point that we were talking about earlier about education and the issue with education in this country, which and also ties in my, one of my supporting actors in this issue, which is Tucker Carlson, who intentionally miseducates people along with a bunch of other anchors who we now know were texting the White House being like, you need to do something about these, all these people that you sent to go over to the Capitol and then are, are on the air saying that, um, you know, oh, I, this is Antifa. And like, yeah, you know, I, 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 I hate to like oh. talk about violence, but it's like back in the day, if this was like a smaller town setting, those people would be like, oh, they're the village idiots. You'd beat them with a hose. Be like, you're not allowed to hop. You're not allowed to talk anymore. Right. Like that's how you <laughs> deal with people like Tucker Carlson. Be like, you're an idiot. You're not doing this. Yeah. You're like, you're not going to bring down this entire function of this town because of that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, I mean, yeah, we're the pitchforks for Tucker. Pitchforks against Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we down though to go to, to, to most favorite or to favorite? I'm ready. That's right. I uh well I mean I'll I guess I'll start with this. I don't really listen to Tucker Carlson, so yeah, fuck that guy. But <laughs> oh yeah, agreed. While we're on the subject, Blake, what's your favorite? While we're on the subject of my most favorite people, who he is obviously not. <laughs> Uh, our most favorite things that happened last year. Do you want to go first? I'll go first. I like mine a lot. Yeah. Go ahead. Do it. The government admitting that UFOs are real, but also uh, yeah. Yeah. Not, quite, not quite saying whether or not it's aliens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Hell oh, yeah. UFOs. We, still, we still don't know. There are unidentified flying objects, but we just, we just don't know. Yeah. I walk a ranch, anyone? Let's go. You know, dimensional. Oh, you want to? I'm told the answers are out there. Yeah, the answers are out there. there there's I definitely. Yeah, let's go. I, I absolutely believe that. I don't know if you want to call them like the answers, but I think that there are deeper truths, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. where I want to know where the end of that rabbit hole leads, you know? Yeah. It's so cool. If I, I don't mean, know where uh, quite it will, I don't know where quite it will end, but it might start with the James Webb telescope. Let's go, good. baby. Yeah. It very Call well, back. Very well could. And who knows if some of the stuff that like the conspiracy theorists are actually correct about, like if there's multiple governments on the planet that really truly are maybe not working with aliens, but at least have alien technology that allows for greater use of transportation energy and could decrease our uh, decoupling faster into a more green economy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Do it quick. If this is, if that's the thing, like if that's the thing that changes us to a green economy, it's actually that it was aliens. It'd be so cool. Like five years. That was, that was the reason. Also, I was, I was promised a hoverboard by now and I haven't gotten my goddamn hoverboard yet. And I'm fucking mad about it. And if we can get alien technology on that shit, I would be very happy to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have like hoverboards that are, have wheels, and I'm like, that's not what I was promised. That was not what I was promised by it. 2020, 2020. I'll be able to do this underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> right. That's fucking right. <laughs> who, who, who on the marketing team thought that was a good idea? Who was like, oh yeah, let's call this a hoverboard? 
They're easing us in, maybe. Hopefully, the fuck. No, it's not a fucking hoverboard. Like we, it's better than like wheelboard. We've all seen Back to the Future. If it's not literally hovering off the ground, like I know you guys have been doing it for thirty years. Skateboards are great, but have you tried to go forward on them? And then uh, them on the side, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, speaking of going forward instead of going sideways, I'll talk about my favorite. Whoa. Because um, I think this is actually a good move for the United States and going forward. But I'm going to say my favorite was the end of Afghanistan this year. Wow. That's that's yes. my favorite. I don't think that it was handled correctly. I think it was done poorly in the right. build down of it between the Trump administration and the Biden administration. But I think that. In the long run, it's one of the better things to have happened. If sure. It could possibly mean some uh, backstep of American overreach in foreign countries um, and could potentially lead to a better discussion at home about military might and what our military means um, in terms of our own internal conflicts of being trying to be both a democratic, peaceful nation and a warmongering nation for our entire existence um hopefully this leads to a lot of people because there's a lot of people on both sides both the right and the left that really supported the end of afghanistan and they did it for very similar reasons but it was produced from their sides in a lot of different ways so maybe it could be more of a unifying thing that could help bring people together and it could you know it doesn't help the region and it'll destabilize the middle east more which could lead to some short-term stuff. But I think in the long run, it, it probably will be better for the world in, as a whole because of America's place. And uh, so that's what I'm going to say. Plus, it's the longest war in American existence. It's been there most, right. most of our lives. Um, yeah. And so yeah. it's important yeah. to mark that anniversary when it does end. Yeah. 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 One of the things that was interesting about Afghanistan, it's one of the few uh, um, Things that we discuss as a nation that doesn't split exact very neatly down party lines, right. mm-hmm. um, and I, I I actually find some hope in that. To be perfectly honest, um, I think that that's important. That was an interesting thing. Of, uh, that was the best thing to my mind about Donald Trump is he very clearly did not want to get us into a war, and he could have if he wanted to. Yeah. And so, like, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, that being said, I am one of those people that do think that an engaged America is uh, better for the world, but I do not believe it need, It should be military, yeah. militarily uh, engaged. Never-ending war. So, um, yeah. Better ways to do yeah. it. Yeah. Now, there's there's some amount of, you know, counterterrorism that needs to get done. Also, like, if you go try and build a school in Afghanistan and they shoot at you, what are you going to do about it? So um, there is some balance there, I think. But uh, having 150,000 troops in, in Iraq especially probably does more harm than good for everybody. And so um, I, you know, I, I want to put in that that nuanced point that I think it is really important that the United States stays engaged, but we should be uh, taking our $700 billion military um budget and i guess instead of putting it all the way towards education i'd like to see some of that go to the state department too uh because i think that that's how i mean the best counterterrorism money spent i think is in the state department not in the defense department right yeah 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 good one kelly really really good one i think it's a i think it's a really really as you said also important to mark and um yeah just a less war world would be great but you know what i would love more of my favorite thing and i (laughs) yes also always um i hope that 
I have another one, but I just really hope it's yours, John. So I'm just gonna go with my funny one because I think it's a good one that I also, um, which is the memes. Um, my favorite thing about um, about 21 is the memes. Um, That's right, Stu. Go to hell, Stu. How do you like? Yes. How do you like that, Stu? The memes. The memes, buddy. How do you like that fucking deep, fucking deep cut there? That's a deep troll, friends. Um, uh, I feel like memes. Not only did we get some like obviously new memes and old memes, you know, just in current context as memes do, but I feel like the memes really like came into their into a new uh, way with um, the help of um, TikTok, which you know also has bad implications. But the way in which now it's like not even just like pictures or now it's like it can be a sound, like an audio. It can also just be like a thing that you're doing. You just do it in like your own way, like whatever that is. Like so, for example, there was like some like middle age white man in like middle somewhere in the midwest who just put like put this song uh of that in a russian rap song that literally the chorus translates to i fuck and it's just this middle man and he just like pours like it started with him pouring boiling hot cheese on uh broccoli while listening to the song and then he takes one and puts it in his mouth and then he hits the beat and he starts doing the fucking can pad bro and 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 he just like looks at the camera and he's like yeah and then it just was his point and then other people started to do it and like lizzo started to do it and like it's just what it's the... like those are you know and we need that levity in these hard times wild. So. I, yeah levity's good that's fucking wild so, wow favorite i need thing, to get on tiktok uh, all this yeah. all this cheddar broccoli fucking Apparently, content i'm missing yeah. out on yeah it makes yeah, me hungry so, yeah, I love that stuff. It's dinner time. <laughs> the memes, we love them. Tyler, I did not. I, I, I'm not going to have whatever you think I'm going to have. Oh, should I so just say should, it? Okay, should, well, that, yeah, the vaccine, you should say it. The, the fucking COVID vaccine. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, nice transition. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, mine is actually pretty personal. Um, it's not uh, world-based. Um, mine was coaching the first hockey game I did after the pandemic mm. at air force. Um, mm. we were able to do it, uh, because of the vaccine. Yeah. Um, it, it was an away game. It was at air force. It was really nice to get out there and be able to do something normal that I really love doing after a year of, or more of not being able to do it. Um, and it was just important to me. Yeah. So yeah, the little um, victories in 2021, yeah, the right. little normalizing victories yep. were great throughout the, I agree with you, John. It was, those were really nice. Yeah. I don't have anything profound to say. It was just like, I remember being on the bench and being like, God, I, I missed this so much. It was not a good game at all right. <laughs> either at all. But like, it was so, and the crowd, like they had a great crowd. They had a fucking rambunctious as shit crowd. And like, it was so nice to just watch my players like be happy out there and be able to do all that stuff after like, especially all their hard work all year long. And I mean, mm-hmm. it was, it was a, a really special event for me. Oh, that's beautiful. Nice. That's so. beautiful. Joe. So glad I have, and, and, you know, I think that that, I like the way that you switched it up a little bit there. I think that, it, you know, we, we, we were talking about these, you know, favorite, all these things in like larger kind of bigger things. But I, I do think it is really important that we all focus in on what's, really good in just our our day-to-day lives you know like i'm gonna think about my when you said that i was like all right well what else is my favorite i'm like well i grew this pumpkin i wasn't sure i was gonna be able to get, um <laughs> let's see i got a new cat yeah. you know like like those things i really really get brought me a lot of joy oh yeah and so i think we all need more of those as we, we go forward and to like spend some time appreciating those yeah yeah it's like, a good good goal going forward for 2022 
Like everybody needs more baby Yoda in their life, you know? That is true. Oh, yeah. Grogu, sorry, Grogu. I'll always call him baby. No, nah, fuck it. Baby Yoda. Uh, yeah. It's just that is what is in the zeitgeist, and it's just forever gonna be in the zeitgeist. So <laughs> um well boys, to the little things. Godspeed. To the little things. To the little things. To the Yeah, yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I'm your host, Blake Mannion. <laughs> oh, well, I don't Are you, are you Balake? Uh, Balake Cabernet yeah. this evening. Balake Cabernet. Yeah. Yeah, I'll cut that in. I'll cut that in. The beginning. <laughs> we love it. We're, all right. What you got? What do you got, Blake? I just smoked a joint. I did just smoke a joint. That's right. Knowing that the marijuana is, uh, you know, protecting you from the COVID. You did your daily dose of anti-COVID resin. God, I hope so. <laughs>